It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name's James True Penny and this is my show. And today we are with New Japan Professional Wrestling coming to you from Nippon Budokan in Tokyo, Japan for the 49th anniversary show. Now today's show will be slightly confusing because if you've been following my Today At series, you will have caught up with everything that's happened at the New Japan Cup and the New Japan Cup started here. So we're kind of going back four days. So you might want to watch this, listen to that stuff after you've listened to this. After that, you're on your own. It's just the way it falls. We try and do the big moments and the big shows on the full Troopany show so we can give them their proper stature. And to join me today is two people of proper stature, Mr. John Dinsdale of Steel Chair Magazine. How are you, sir? I am pretty good. It's always a joy when it's not a bad New Japan show and it's not at the crack of dawn. <laughs> and will you please welcome back, after a three-year departure from the wrestling world, Christy of Wrestling Sexism, how are you, mom? I'm still of Wrestling Sexism, am I? Um, well, well, I can be if you want to be. You, I, that account, account still exists. That it does, yeah. I still yeah. get angry mentions sometimes from guys. <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. It's, it's really weird coming back to wrestling after three years and seeing all the changes, but then also seeing uh, things that have stayed the same. And it's kind of great to be back talking with you and with John now, who, whom I don't know, but look forward to getting to know. Yes, our wrestle friends. We'll all all re- wrestle together. buddies. Our wrestle buddies will all work together uh, to it's create... Don't scare people off with any weird wrestling analogies this time. <laughs> now, now I'm worried. Oh, it's all right. It's okay. John has flights of fancy. And we all have flights of fancy. That's what we like here at the True Finish Show. Let's just start then with a flight of fancy in a New Japan opener kind of way. So we're at the anniversary show. We're at Nippon Budokan Hall. 3,026 in attendance. They didn't sell as many tickets as Stardom did the following day. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah, no, one, no one knew that. <laughs> but shh, at this point, everything was cool. And no one got their head shaved on this show. Anyway, they opened the show with Gabriel Kidd, Hiroki Goto. Master Huato and Tommy Akihonma. And they defeated Duki, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. in 10 minutes and 39 seconds. In, in the match that was 10 minutes and 39 seconds. I, I can't really remember an awful lot of what happened to this. It was all right. That's about it. Christy, what are your thoughts on this? Um, the thing I remember is that this was the start of putting one Chaos member with people who weren't in Chaos. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's... it was really interesting to me because I remember when I left wrestling, uh, Tanahashi and co were making friends with Chaos. Yes. And now I'm looking at this going, why is Goto there? <laughs> yeah. And, and now... the, the second day, I think it was Yoshihashi as the sole Chaos member in the group. Yes, that's true. Um, for those of you who missed it, Huntai and Chaos now work together collectively to bring down Bullet Club because they hate Jay White that much. It's really weird <laughs> to me. <laughs> because essentially, 
And when JY became leader of Bullet Club, uh, they were saying, we're not doing it with this shit again. And uh, I've, I've ganged up on them ever since, uh, which we like. And it's still actually one of the biggest pops I've heard at Kurokan Hall when Tanahashi and Okada teamed up to, to, to miss Jay White on a clothesline. Oh, yeah, I, I remember that Okada yeah. kept coming to Tanahashi's rescue. Yeah. And it was really heroic and stuff. Yes. That was nice. Yes. Once they got rid of, uh, to be honest with you, once they got rid of Yujiro and Iska, they could. They, there was no heels left in chaos, so it was it was all right. <laughs> they were all well, Osprey. Well, yeah. He was just kind of just a jerk then. Oh, was a jerk. True, John. Your thoughts on this opener? I'm sure we're going to get Would new Master Wato haircuts. Did it improve your mood? I mean, Wato is Wato, and I don't think I saw him in this match once, apart from when he actually landed a dive. Like, this this was the best Master Wato match I've seen, because he wasn't in it. <laughs> this was another so Doki showcase. This was just a Doki showcase, and Honma and Suzuki slapping each other. Not a lot else really happened. No, true. Uh, we did have the commentary team, a full whack commentary team of Chris Charlton uh, from the bowels of Budokan Hall, uh, Kevin Kelly from somewhere in Ohio, and from New Zealand, Gino Gambino. That's got to be a bit of a shock to you, because three years ago, that wasn't the commentary team, was it, Christy? Um, not Gambino, no. No. The other two were very regular commentators at the time when I left, but not I think... Gambino. What did you think of Gino after? He's okay so far. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of used to heel commentators from uh, factions being rude and making questionable comments, and he's rude, but in a kayfabe kind of way, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, he's a, he's a genuinely nice guy on Twitter. When you talk to him, there he always yeah, kind of like runs with the jokes and stuff. Yeah, he's funny, and also he doesn't do the baby faces down. Which is the, like the big yeah. downfall for a lot of heel commentators these days is they just try and get themselves over. Over where Gino's always talking about how great the baby faces are, so it makes the heels look even better when they win, which is kind of the point. He's very yeah. old school, and he loves Doki, which is good. He does, him. yeah, Doki Choki. Doki Choki. It's time for the Doki Choki. Right, we move on next to a. Is that Ted Man? Oh, good lord. Uh, Chase Owens, Evil, Jay White, Kenta and Taiji Ishimori with Dick Togo and Gato. They defeated Dave Finley, Juice Robinson, Hiroshi Tanahaki, Raisuke Kiduchi and Toa Henry in 7 minutes and 39 seconds. This was kind of a fun romp through chaos, uh, sorry not chaos, through Hontai versus Bullet Club land. And it was nice to see Finn Juice back and we had the debut of Juice Robinson's new funk outfit. <laughs> Which I'm now going to hand over to John, because John was not pleased. <laughs> that I wasn't pleased, I was just really confused. Why? Because I'd kind of gotten used to the horrible Blues Brother rip-off look, and now he comes out looking like he's been electrocuted. It's It was a right shock, and not in the punny way. I just... <laughs> I don't understand Juice Robinson. It's like his entire thing is just I'm flamboyant and I hit people in the face. And I'm going to... It's like... Uh... I, funnily enough, this is going to be a horrific thing to... like. 
retread, but I saw a tweet about yeah. Juice Robinson's new look. And um, someone just sort of said, Juice Robinson must just have a massive... To get away with the looks that he does and to have the confidence to do them. And I'm just <laughs> I'm like, you're probably not wrong, because most people wouldn't dream of trying to pull off these styles. I no. do like the trousers. The trousers are nice. That, that's like about them. it. Like them trousers. There you go. Uh, what do you think of the match, by the way? <laughs> the match itself was fine. I I remember the finish more than anything because the finish had me laughing. Yes. Taguchi. He's like, right, we're going to make a... Oh, I'm dead. And it was just like, oh. <laughs> he was yes. like the only person who didn't get a chance to shine because he's not in the New Japan Cup. No, I was disappointed this year. I kind of like, I liked him back in because he had some interesting matches last time around. And he's the, he last, did the last two New Japan Cups when they expanded the field and realised they'd run out of heavyweights. Raisuke Taguchi got moved up to heavyweight for a week. But yeah, it was... Um, I, I Yeah, I, I did like that finish. Just like, go, go, get him! And then just walk straight into Evil's uh, Everything is Evil. And it was good. Now, Christy, last time you saw Evil, he was a babyface in LIJ. And then... The unfortunate things happened over last summer. What are your thoughts now? That was probably the biggest shock when I came back. I think my first tweet was, Evil did what? (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm slowly going back through all all of the shows and I'm so not looking forward to watching his betrayal. Because Evil was one of my favourite LIJ members, so... Yeah, I, someone did point out, like, over Twitter, so you're telling me a guy who was called evil surprisingly turned heel. And I was like, well, he was kind of already a heel to start with. He just turned more heel. Yeah, well, the thing with evil was that he was always the nicest in L.I.J. Because I yeah. remember someone um, counted the amount of cheating and breaking the rules that L.I.J. did over a course of an entire a couple of shows or something. And Evil was the one who cheated the least. So he was the nicest. <laughs> and then with the name Evil, and then he's the one who betrays everyone. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. You've got to, you've got to watch the ones who are quiet, especially if they're called Evil. The, the nice Evil ones. Yeah. The nice Evil ones. Yes, this is true. What did you think of the match? Um... I don't remember a lot from it. I just remember seeing Juice because I yeah. I don't want I don't don't watch anything he's in except for New Japan in Japan. Um, and then he showed up with that look. Yeah, and Which I'm is, kind of sorry. I was going to say that's just as you were saying that I realized that he's just taped about twelve weeks of Impact Television with his former Blues Brothers style look. Never got to see that either. Yeah, he well, if you that you can find them on New Japan World, um, they're in a feud with the Good Brother uh, with the Good Brothers for the Ad- Impact Tag Team Championships in Impact Wrestling, where Dave is Dave, but um, Juice is essentially dressed as Joliet Jake because he's from Joliet, Illinois, isn't he? So he's Joliet Juice Robinson, and he has a Blues Brothers outfit. Okay, I won't be watching that. Wrestling's <laughs> weird. And just juice, it always looks different. I remember that every new 
round of shows, he'd change something. Yeah. And he'd always look ridiculous. Like, there's wrestlers who have the same gimmick and the same basic kind of look for years on end. And then you've got Juice, who changes his to something ridiculous every couple of months. And nothing seems to stick. Yeah. No, I have that, yeah. I, he's just... I mean, there are there are serious evolution points when he had the feud with Moxley and Moxley challenged for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. He cut his dreadlocks off to show how serious he was to wrestle Moxley. He um, should have done that ages ago, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of white boy appropriation going on with him all a the time. A lot of white boy appropriation. <laughs> Because um, even this is really like the current outfit is, is, yeah, you know, Mohammed Yone in Noah has the same look essentially. Um, and that he has the proper full on afro, but um, yeah, it's he's he has development, and you see things. I think the thing is, he doesn't get over by winning so much as gets over by just being a lovable character. And when you're that way, you don't have to win very often. So when they've given him wins, it's really mattered. And I think even, and I think Dave Finley is the same. Like when they won World Tag League, Dave Finley got pins over big names in every match. And I think that was really important to Dave's career because he's a threat now. He's He's a serious main event player when when he left the dojo, he was he was just Dave Finley. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, interesting. I, I think also the issue with Juice is that he doesn't have a character. His yeah. whole thing is being the flamboyant one. What is that? That's not a character. No, true. It's so he just... just keeps on trying to change his look and maybe find the thing that sticks, but nothing really does because. He doesn't have a character. There's, he's not like Goto, the warrior, or Shingo, the dragon. He's nothing, really. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. He just, he's just a dude who tries really hard. But so I does Yoshihashi. Let's him. see what his um, gear budget is for the year. Well, I mean, he's, he wore the Blues Brothers stuff all the way through coming back for the G1, didn't he? So he had about six months or so, and then he'd get some new gear. But wrestling gear is expensive. And new hair. Wrestling gear is expensive, though. Like, really expensive. Do you reckon that's just a clause in his contract? Must be given X amount of yen per year to change outfit about three times. And it can only go to ridiculous outfits. (laughs) Absolutely wouldn't surprise me. I've seen much worse things claimed on expensive. When Ted DiBiase became the million dollar man in the WWE, they gave him about $3,000 a day per diem to go and eat lunch out every day and leave $100 hurt. Oh, God. Be- because he was the million dollar man. You can't have the million dollar man not leaving a big tip. <laughs> so they were actually trying to persuade people he was actually a millionaire. Uh, and to be fair, he worked for, he worked for Babber in the 80s, so there's a good chance he was a millionaire. <laughs> I need that job. <laughs> so you got persuade Vince. You got persuade yeah. Vince McMahon that you you have this million dollar character that that needs a a per diem figure. No, just so. just 
pay me to go out to eat and then give people money. Seems reasonable to me. That sounds like a wonderful <laughs> job, honestly. Hey, every philanthropist, get your checkbooks out. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's it. All right, we move on to slightly more serious fare. Kazuchika Okada, Sho, and Tamahura Ishii defeated Bushi, Sanada, and Shingo Takagi in nine minutes and 13 seconds. This was setting up Okada versus uh, Shingo. Um, Tomohiro Ishii had some hard words for Sanada. And Sho and Bushi were just happy to be there and have something to do. Christy, your thoughts on this match? Um, first of all, I think it's, it's for me, it's really strange to see Sho as a sole junior there because yeah. Yohei is suddenly injured. Mm-hmm. Does someone want to tell me what happened? Uh, they were IWGP Junior Tag Team champions, champions and they defended the belts about twice. And then Yo uh, tore his pectoral, I think. Didn't he get an injury? It was, uh, yeah. It was, it was, it, it was it ACL. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it'd be ACL. So he, he did his ACL, which is a six-month injury, and they tried keeping the tag belts on them to see if they possibly could, but the idea of running, because there was the best of Super Juniors tag, they was going to see if, I think they could see if they could fit it in um, before show recovered, and they couldn't. So they ended up having an eliminator for the tag titles, which have gone back and forth and are currently with Despi and uh, Nobu. I know. That I know. <laughs> um, with a slight flirtation with Ishimori and Dickhead. But yes. Dickhead um, number two. Dickhead number two. I mean, ELP is all right as a human being. It's just. It's just no, he isn't. <laughs> he said some things about Osprey that. I mean, I don't like Osprey, but you don't call yeah, people that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I'd forgotten about that, to be honest with you. I knew there's a reason why I didn't like him. Anyway. <laughs> Very good reason. Anyway, the match. <laughs> yes, the match. Um, I really liked it because you could see that Ishii and Sonata were gearing up for a lot, but you could see that Okada and Shingo were gearing up for even more. And yes. looking back, uh, it was really exciting to see Okada and Shingo in the match. So they, they really told the story about this is going to be big, probably bigger than you think it's going to be. And it turned out to be correct. It did. Um, Yes. We will talk about this at the end of the show and we will leave a a gap so we can talk about New Japan cookie things without spoiling it for you if you're watching them in order. Um, So we'll we'll edit that in as we go. John, what are your thoughts on this six, man? Yeah, it was perfectly fine. Again, it was just a nice sort of quick... Sort of set up match where it's like, right, these two are fighting later down the line, these two are fighting later down the line. Watch them fight now and see what they will bring you later. And then here have Bushi and Shaw as add ons and the overall finish so no one gets hurt. Yeah. And yeah, it's another nice win for Shaw who's trying to kind of keep that momentum as a junior title challenger whilst they continue to bury my poor Bushi. <laughs> His Aww. mask for this match was amazing. The uh, one he came out with, with the bloody Cyclops eye and the tongue, that was amazing. Yeah. Bushy is awesome. you got to love Bushy, haven't you, really? You know, for a, well, a Canadian talking, cheating. Talking, little about, little. talking about money, though, the money he must have spent on masks in the yes. last 10 years is ridiculous. 
True. I mind you, the Sonata spends money like he's going out of fashion. Somebody, um, like, I think when he did the running at the baseball show last year, um, he was wearing, he was literally just wearing a shirt, some jogging trousers, and some sneakers. And someone added it up, so it'd be about $3,000 worth of clothing. Yeah, but Bushy <laughs> has a new mask every show. Yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, that's I, that's the thing, isn't it? It's part. It, it's kind of like was the flare downfall because he had to live the gimmick. He had to be the limousine riding, jet flying, show stealing. He wore the crocodile loafers and the the Armani suits, and that's what put him in so much financial trouble because he was. I bet Pucci makes a lot of those masks himself. It wouldn't surprise. surprised. Yeah. I know no. that he follows a mask guy who makes them for him. So it cool. might be that he get a, gets a discount or for the promotion. Yeah. Because I, I follow I think... him on Twitter and he mentions them a lot. And he is named after the company that owns New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. He's li- literally, he is. Bushy. You know, as in Bushy Road. If he were named after the company, he'd win more often, though. <laughs> Well, yeah, but see, this is the get. This is it again. That division's so strong. You know, look how long it took Despy to crack it, and he's won one championship. Bushy held the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship for six months, didn't he? Or four months, I think. Um, so he's had one title reign, um, and it, you know, Desperado has taken a long time to get there, but he got there in the end. But Desperado is uh, the wrestler now is a way better wrestler than he was even five years ago or even three years ago to be honest anyway so there we are we'll move on to the first round of the new japan cup jeff cobb defeats satoshi Kojima in 11 minutes and 50 seconds it was it was all right actually satoshi Kojima, big match koji it was good it was solid it was really well told it was the fact that you could get Kojima up from opening card Charlie as he has been for like the last God knows how long and make him a threat all year long against Kenta. He had a really cracking match at Wrestle Kingdom with Kenta. He has another good match here with Cobb. Him and Tenzambo beat Cobb and Okan a week before. He's, he's been one of the workers of the year so far and he's 50 years old. John, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's it's great to see Kojima back in action. He got he's had two massive sort of opportunities in the past couple of months, and it's really fun to see. Plus, Cobb's working his ass off as well. This, yeah, this is probably the best I've seen him since probably the PWG days, and he really does just feel not like at home throwing around the big guys. Yeah. He, he also doesn't seem to buy too heavily into this crappy empire gimmick. So you can just sort of watch it as a big man fight without being reminded of Billy Bollocks and his crappy little crew. So it's <laughs> it's genuinely just fun to watch Cobb do what he does best. Throw people around with people who are game to be thrown around and hit just as hard he, as he's going to. True story. It works really, really well in this context. It's one of the most enjoyable matches of the tournament so far. Christy, when you were watching, Cobb was, well, he wasn't in the company very often, was he? But he was a babyface when he was there. What do you think of this new heel turning Cobb? Um, it fits him. 
I think he reminds me of a combination of Taz and Rhino right now. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And it really works for him. I think it's much better than the, the nice smiley guy who's really, really big and really, really strong, but still trying to be nice. He's finally using his strength in a way that benefits him. So it's really nice to see him um, become more of a character. I'm, I'm almost talking about characters in wrestling. I think the best wrestlers have a very defined character as well. I yeah. think he's getting there more so now than he was before. Yeah, I think so too. He's certainly been like... He seemed... I think watching him wrestle in tournaments, he seemed more at home as a babyface. But then turning heel, it just like something's clicked. And he seems like... It, he's not quite up to that level of heel as he was with Matanza in Lucha Underground. But he's, it's much more useful to his talents. And monsters are always going to have an easier time being bad guys. It's just true. It's just a fact. They will. So Yeah. And I also think that when he was a baby face, he he seemed like he was there to have fun. Like he was impressed by his surroundings a little. And he's less so now. To me, at least. As someone who's been gone for three years. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think that's right. It's it's just, he's much more direct with what he's doing. And it kind of buys into that United Empire thing in a much more impressive way because he's kind of a hired mercenary. He's not there because he's a faction guy. He's there because he's there to do a job and his job is to protect the United Empire. And that works with a character choice much better, I think, yeah. too. It's That's always going to be better to sort of drop people. Like You're always going to feel better dropping people on their head when you hate them and want to kill them than when you're meant to be the nice guy. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, true. And I think I think is like is what you're saying. He doesn't seem to buy into the United Empire, but that's of benefit to him because it makes him seem like a cold hard killer, which is what he's supposed to be. So yeah, I think there's I think there's a multi layered stuff going on there. Okay, we move on to the second of the two first round matches. That was the Great Okan defeating. Former Intercontinental, IWGP heavyweight, and double champion Tetsuya Nato in 20 minutes and 20 seconds by referee's decision in what was a perfectly played match to get somebody over. How do you get the Great Okan over? You give him to Tetsuya Nato and say, work your magic. That's what you do. That's, that's basically what happened here. Christy, what were your thoughts on this one? I had a lot of thoughts about this one because... Um, first of all, I, I kind of called that they would do this because Naito was still kind of injured. No one's sure how his knee is doing because mm. I don't think he was supposed to return this quickly. But then Hiromu happened. Yes. So I and think they, they also, were. They also, like... I was no, going to say they also have injury worries elsewhere, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so I think this was a good choice. First of all, to relieve Naito a bit, to make sure that he didn't have to uh, wrestle a lot of singles matches throughout the tournament with maybe a bum knee. And then also to build up Okan. Um, And it's really funny to me because when I left, he just arrived in Rev Pro. 
So yeah. I'd seen the gimmick, but 90% of what I'd seen had been Young Lion Oka. And now I'm back to Okan. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing to see. I, I know not everyone likes him, but there's a kind of confidence about him that I never would have expected from Oka when he was a young lion. No, I, I, I think a lot of the go back in RevPro, I've told this story before, but I, I was stood in a line and uh, waiting for some bag of chips in a canteen in Manchester and Oka walked past and someone said, can I take a picture? And he just looked up and went, 10 pounds. And I was like, that's that's the sense. I was like, well, A, first of all, he's a professional wrestler and he's going to be fine. <laughs> and secondly, yeah. it's like, that takes an awful lot of command, not in your first language, to just make the decision and say exactly what you want and expect it to happen. And ever since that moment, I knew he was going to be good. <laughs> nothing to do with wrestling, nothing to do where he carried himself in the ring, what he did, just he has got a wrestling brain and he knows how to make things work. And that's really what, what attracts me to him as a character. And I think he's, I think he's kind of got lumbered with a gimmick is probably not the right word. He's making the best of the gimmick he's got, mm -hmm. and he's really good at it. And yeah. and it's so great because I remember him being the the least of the young lions. Yeah, I remember he was in a group with the the really big guy. I forgot his name. The big lad that had to retire. Yeah, yeah. and then there was uh, Red Shoe's son. Yeah, um, Kawato and Renarita. Yeah. And he was, Oka was always deemed the least interesting one. Yeah. Well, Ren and Narita look at him now. Ren, Ren Narita is still in LA. Uh, Kawato is Master Wato and having his ups and downs, shall we say. And um, who was the other one? I just said. Um, Red Shoes. Son. Red Shoes Shooter is still in Ref Pro, hasn't come back yet. And he's so, the first one to return. Yeah. And he walked into a main event gimmick and walked in. Uh, well, no, he walked into a mid card gimmick and turned it into a main event gimmick within three months. John, what's your thoughts on this? This is how you do the great Okan, right? I, I've been complaining for months about them, so I'm just giving him loss after loss. And oh, he decimated Naito. It was perfect. He just. Gave him, like, here's a target, he's going to go for it, and he's going to kill it. Those knees are dead. And, yeah, as you said, he commands himself with so much confidence and intensity. He looks like he knows exactly what he's going to do in the ring, how he's going to bloody execute it. And, hey, he's fine. I wonder if he learned that from Gideon Gray, because obviously he was, that was his mm. manager in RevPro, and, like, Gideon Gray is pretty much the epitome of confidence without winning and then <laughs> has done the epitome of confidence with winning and he made the ref stop the match because it's like oh yeah i'm going to kill naito if you don't stop this like he is going to die i'm going to break his legs to the point he cannot walk anymore and the ref's just like yep i'm gonna stop this nope we're not losing naito yet <laughs> I'm, I'm just yeah. really happy with how they did this 
he needed a match like this. He needed a win like this, and it was played perfectly. As as well, NATO's just the right guy to do it against. NATO is erratic. When he loses a title, he becomes a mess for a long period of time. And he's had form in the New Japan Cup where he's gone out in the first or second round. The year Zack Sabre Jr. won it, he beat NATO in the second round to a submission. You know, the, they've laid the groundwork down the years with the New Japan Cup that the big names don't always survive. You know, I can remember Okada going out in the first round to Bad Luck Farley in Currican Hall a few years ago. So it's the, the, this is the thing. And this has kind of been a New Japan trait for years and years and years and years. For any of you who are old like me, you may remember a tag team called the Beverly Brothers, which featured a wrestler called Mike Enos, who, when he wasn't wrestling in the in the Minnesota, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew 2, as they were known in the AWA, WCW, or as the Beverly Brothers in the WWE, he wrestled for New Japan Pro Wrestling and got pinfall wins over people like Scott Norton and Kiyoji Muto. He was an upper mid-carder at best, but in tournament matches, he got big wins because... It's a sport, and they present it as a sport, so therefore, occasionally, lower guys have to win matches because that's it's against the realms of probability that they're just going to lose all the time, isn't it? So that, that's, that makes sense, and this is one of those things that just made sense, and it was a really well-executed match from both of them, um, and probably the most compelling story NATO's been in for quite some time. And it'd be interesting to see what they do with Okan in the rest of the tournament. And then... We come to the main event of the evening, the 49th anniversary show. As is tradition, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion wrestles the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. On this particular occasion, El Desperado had requested the match be for the double championship, and the champion, Kotobushi, acquiesced to the challenger's demand. And I said this on Twitter earlier this week, but for 22 minutes and 36 seconds, El Desperado owned the Nippon Budokan, and he owned Kota Ibushi. It was only in the last three seconds that he was on a back foot, which is a shame. But I will wait no longer. I cannot give the lady her moment unless I do it now. Christy, your thoughts on El Desperado's challenge first, and I hope not last, challenge to the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Are you expecting more challenges? I'm up for that. Uh, After Um... this, yeah. (laughs) I want him in the G1. If he's still got the belt when it comes to September or July, I want him in the G1 because that would be awesome. Let's make it happen then. Ghetto, where's ghetto? <laughs> um, for me, it was just amazing because I remember getting into New Japan years and years ago and he was one of the first guys that really stood out to me that I wasn't expecting to like. Um, when I got into it, everyone told me, suzuki Gun, oh, they're boring and they're just ruining things. And and suddenly, <laughs> yeah, well, everyone disliked them at the time. Well, not everyone, but most people didn't like them. And I really liked Desperado and I started watching matches with him in it. And I went so far back that I got to Ibushi versus Desperado the first time they met. Um, have you guys watched that match? Um, yeah, I think so. I've, I've seen the clips of it. They had in the sort of build-up video, but I've never seen the full match itself. I just know that um, Desperado wasn't the Desperado we knew now. No, it was a baby-faced Desperado who 
came to the ring with a guitar and flowers. Yes. And very aggressively offered Ibushi <laughs> flowers. <laughs> it looked like he was going to hit him, but he actually just wanted to give the pretty boy flowers. And I mean, I get that. I wanted to do the same with Ibushi sometimes. <laughs> and then the match was okay but it was clear that he was very nervous and he wasn't going to win but that was seven years ago six years ago yeah 2014 i think and look where he is now it's yeah. just amazing yeah it is right. and the entire match just it was so obvious that they were having fun together and that Ibushi respected Desperado in a way. And Desperado was just giving it its all. Like, I know I'm supposed to be a junior heavyweight, but I can kick your ass if I want to. And it wouldn't surprise me if in a real life fight, Desperado kicks Ibushi's ass because Desperado is a scrapper, as they say. And yeah. Ibushi is much more of an athletic marvel who needs his somersaults and his moon salts and <laughs> his high buildings to jump off of. Um, so, I don't know. It was just amazing to see for someone who'd only gotten back into wrestling for two months. Are you suggesting he's a flippy boy? He's, he, there's a lot of flippy in him, Yes, there is. And there Desperado's is. not really a flippy boy. Desperado flips when he wants to kill you. There, He does his <laughs> flip out of the ring that scares me to death sometimes. And that, that's all there is to it. He did, 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 did break out a frog splash in this one. And yeah, I was he impressed. Did. Yeah. He did. He can yeah. flip, he just doesn't want to. <laughs> I choose not to. I choose I'm... not to. I prefer to break your lings. Other ways. But, but to be fair, that is a very Suzuki Gun kind of deal. Everyone mm -hmm. who's ever been in Suzuki Gun doesn't do flips and stuff. Even Shelton Benjamin, when he was in Suzuki Gun, kind of like calmed down <laughs> an awful yeah. lot. So, like, Suzuki Gun is it's the ground attack guys. It's the guys that are going to break your leg in yeah. a, a horrific way. But there is, there's been talk about Suzuki Gun, which I'll get to after this. John, what are your faces, thoughts? Total faces. Yeah. John, what were your thoughts on this match? Yeah, this is probably my favorite New Japan main event from a long time. Like, it, it was concise. It didn't take 40 minutes. It didn't drag. And it was just a well-told story between two guys who'd known each other for a long-ass time and wanted to build upon that past. Desperado got to basically dominate the match for such a long stretch, you actually thought he might win it. And mm. Ibushi did what he did best and cheated death. It it was just an amazing main event with two amazing guys and Desperado getting the spotlight he's deserved for years. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. I mean, the only, the only kind of cruelty they did to Desperado was the match only lasted 22 minutes, which by modern... New, by modern... IWGP Heavyweight Championship match standards is a bit short. Having said that, if Desperado had had this match... Oh, no, let's put it this another way. 
if the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion had had this match against the Heavyweight Champion for about three years ago, people have been screaming blue murder and sacrilege because a junior is not supposed to live that long with the Heavyweight Champion. And that, that to me, shows you how far we've come and how much closer... Hiromu's done a lot of the legwork, don't get me wrong. We should never forget what Hiromu's done for the junior heavyweight division. But the fact that Desperado has come into his own and is one of, you know, Chris Charlton put it right and said, who was the last guy to put in career performances back-to-back at Budokan Hall? Well, that was Misawa. That was Teyu. That was the four pillars of Noah in all Japan. That's some heavy company he's in now. You know, and he deserves it because he has worked so hard from watching him these last seven years from that sh- match that Christy talked about. You know, the the exodus to Noah, the time he spent there, tagging with Nobu, being Suzuki's sparring partner, learning all that stuff from Minoru Suzuki. It's it's just been it's been such a, a learning curve and he's it he's living proof of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. He has become this well-rounded heavyweight performer. We saw him last year do stuff in the King of Pro Wrestling, which was supposed to be fun, but he took it very seriously. You know, he was—I think he was in last year's uh, New Japan Cup, and he did really well in that. Yeah, and, yeah he was um, against Ishii, right? Yeah, he made—he had a really good couple of matches as well. Yeah, he had a really good match with Ishii, and you know, he's a go-to guy. He's suddenly all that utility player mid-card stuff. He's now doing that everywhere, and he's doing it better than a lot of the heavyweight main eventers are. And, yeah, absolutely deserves it. Anyone else got any other comments on this main event? Can we have more Desperado main events? <laughs> Lots, are we going please. to talk about um, Suzuki Gun right now or later? Well, let us take a moment just to say, uh, right now we are going to talk about other stuff that has happened since this show so if you're listening to us in order and you want to go back to the beginning of today at the new japan cup and listen to that afterwards stop this now okay if you're still listening we're assuming you know what's happened in the new japan cup and we can now talk freely but let's start with suzuki gun because there's loads of stuff we need to catch up on. Yeah, Suzuki Gun. Now, there's kind of a spectrum of hate in New Japan factions. And you start with Hontai on the good guy side. And then you go to the chaos bit, which is a smidge further to the right. And then you get LIJ, a kind of a bit off center to the heel side. And then you get Suzuki Gun. And then you get Bullet Club. And then well, you get Empire. And then you get United Empire who are just scum of the earth, of awful people. I forgot about them, to be honest. <laughs> I, try, I, try, I try not to think about Osprey at all. Anyway, so you get... Yes. So that's your spectra of evil, if you will. The enti- entity, not the wrestler. Uh, but suzuki have slowly but surely eked their way forward to more on the face side because they don't really have any eels anymore. Everyone's kind of popular. And what they're th- also very nice to each other. Yeah, like Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., who used to not be able to stand one another's presence, 
are drinking buddies and awfully close. Married, as some people say. I came back and they told me, did you know that Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. are married? I'm like, wait, <laughs> since when? Wrestle husbands. Wrestle husbands, yes. <laughs> yes, as you, as you coined the phrase, wrestle husbands, yes. <laughs> Not in reality, Tai Chi is a happily married man. <laughs> but um, yes, they are wrestle husbands. Uh, John, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think Suzuki Gunna... I don't think they're ever going to be babyface, but do you think they're edging more towards the LIJ era of the spe- area of the spectrum? Yeah, they've kind of found this grey area where, like, you can't ever count out the fact that they will jump someone and try and murder them, but they are more... They're popular, people like them, and they kind of do act like faces a lot of the time. Like, even when tight. Tai Chi sort of torn down his like dickhead antics. You've got Doki at ringside only when like Gado's there or Jado's there, and you need someone with a pipe to deal with someone with a kendo stick. And it's yeah, they've they've slowly drifted into this grey area where it's like, yes, we know you're supposed to be bad guys, but we don't see you as that anymore. They're this just kind a... of there to do what they're there to do. Like, Suzuki will hurt people, that's a given, but people love him doing it. So this is the thing. I was, like, thinking back to the last time Minoru Suzuki challenged for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which would have been Royal Quest. I brought the... out on that match hoping Suzuki was going to win. Yeah, but it may have been a different one, but... I can remember Tai Chi walking in the ring and stalking the opposition and being cocky and trying to put people off their game. And for this one, he didn't. He just kind of, him and Nobu kind of quietly sat in the corner. They cheered on their man. They gave him advice, like seconds are supposed to do. They didn't threaten to beat Ibushi up. They gave him space. And at the end of the match, they kind of quietly nodded in appreciation of Ibushi's performance helped Desperado from the ring, and then took them to the back. And it's Not like... just helped him from the ring. Tai Chi cradled him in his lap and, like, stroked his face. It was really <laughs> quite touching. <laughs> All right, then. Was a bit overly friendly, shall we say. <laughs> not overly fr- I'm not saying that it was a negative. It was just showing that they're a family. And I compared it to Ibushi was totally alone. And he yeah. was supposed to be the good guy that everyone loves. And here you have the, the supposed heel with two friends who watched his match, who didn't interfere, even though they're known to interfere in every match. And then they took care of him and cared for him after he lost. Yes. Meanwhile, Ibushi had no one. Yeah. And let, let's be honest, Nobu has been an arsehole for the last 20 years. To Desperado as well. To to everybody. In Noah, in All Japan, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, every promotion he's been in, he's been a jerk to everyone. Yeah. He's been a baby face for all of about three minutes in that 20-year period. And here he was looking after his best friend. Yeah, and then there was the, the go-to Tai Chi match. Can I talk about that yet? Yes, yeah, you I can. I haven't seen it, but I know the result, so go ahead. Well, not, nothing to do with the result. But Zack Sabre Jr. was at ringside for that. And he mm-hmm. did nothing. 
No interference. He just took care of Tai Chi after the match. Yeah, this is. I will point out there was a six-man tag a month ago where Hontai jumped Suzuki Gun. Yeah. And mm. there, and when Suzuki Gun uh, wrestled Bullet Club, that was um, not this row of shows, but the one before. Yeah, Suzuki Gun was always the face in peril. They yes. they were the ones getting beat up. They were the ones not cheating. They were the ones um, getting cheated on. They were clearly the faces. Yeah. So. Where are we in this land of ambiguity? Do you think we're, we're going to have full-on... I don't think we're ever going to have full-on babyface Suzuki gun, but I think, I think they're in the big T-shirt selling mode. Yeah, I think they're, they're the LIJ side, where they know Desperado is popular. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to go with that. And against Chaos and Hontai, they're the clear heels. And yeah. against Bullet Club and United Empire, they're the faces. They are the centrists of New <laughs> Japan Pro Wrestling. It's like they got see. hit on the head and discovered what sportsmanship was. <laughs> they well, suddenly became nice. Yeah, I mean, well, I watched... Um, I watched Gabriel Kidd versus ZSJ this morning, which was ace. But Zach was being, like, proper heel Zach. But he could have been much worse. Mm-hmm. Um because <laughs> the, the announcement of 15 minutes went and he went, oh, lucky boy, 15 minutes with a main eventer. Uh, which was just like... <laughs> to be that's fair, the that's Zach in a nutshell. <laughs> that's the most Zach's playing with the big boys now, aren't we? Hey! And that was like the most Zach thing you could possibly say. But he I'm could have been a lot still worse. not over him saying, come here, big boy, to Tangaloa. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest moment of that match. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I, the bit that makes me laugh is, like, G.O.D. aren't that big <laughs> because it's, like, they're massive. And then you watch them. Uh, the reason why that bit that, that just shot me was at Royal Quest, they wrestled um, Aussie Open. And Aussie Open always kind of looked normal size to me, but they tower over G.O.D. Mark it's, Davis is an absolute monster. <laughs> it is. And I just thought, yeah, because it's like, oh, but yeah. They're back together in Australia, wrestling Australians, and unfortunately, Mark Davis just had a singles match. Will have been yesterday Australian time against Robbie Eagles for Death Match Down Under. I can't wait for that to hit IWTV. And yes. Charlie Evans had a Death Match against Joel Bateman, which yeah, which and based she's... on the photos, she won with a traditional Joshi move. Yeah, she's um, she's having a big week in Australia as well. I think she's got a big match tomorrow too or something. I can't remember. There was one of the best promo videos I've seen from an indie company. It was on Charlie Evans' uh, um, account this week. I think it's for the Perth PNW, EPNW title, women's title. Anyway, but yeah. Um, and then, so other things. Like, should we talk about injuries next? Let's just go through the injury desk. Obviously, Is this your card and news? Yeah, we've got Hiromo out for six months. We've got Nato with dodgy knees. Arguably, one could say, when's he never got dodgy knies? And Okada... Dodgier knees. Dodgier knees. And reportedly, Okada has two slip discs in his spine, hence the reason why he 
lost um, to Shingo Takagi to give him some time to rest up. But I'm like, I watched the match he had today, and he don't look like he's slowing down. Oh, he had this... tape for one match. Yeah, that's the thing. It is like, I mean, this is Meltzer, so you take it with a pinch of salt. Um, he has got the in at New Japan Pro Wrestling, from what we understand. But he also thought the Great Okan was rubbish. So, what does yeah, he it, it just seemed really weird to me. Like They suddenly had tape for one match. Yeah. And that was the match before Shingle. That yeah. Okada loses, and now the tape is gone. Yeah. Like, was it just to mess us up and make us think that, yeah, he is injured, and this is why Okada's losing, or is he actually injured? And if so, why was the tape there for just one match? Hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if Okada did something like him. Oh, I've I've got this injury. I'm going to do some support for it. And then everyone's just like, but won't that hurt your image? You're supposed to be the Rainmaker. And it's just like, he'll have done, he'll have heard that and just been like, right, the tape's gone. Let's power through this. (laughs) Because he he seems that sort of like stubborn and bullheaded because... But he then is. why not do it from the first show? Yeah. If that's what he feels. Why not do it the first show that he's hurt his back? Because that's not an injury that just happens overnight. No, that's wear and tear. And to be fair, he's done injury angles before. Like when he got dropped uh, dropped on his head at the beginning of the G1 by Evil three years ago, four years ago, three years ago, um, he worked the next six months selling his back. You know, he couldn't nip up anymore. You know, he tried to nip up and he just couldn't do it. And there was, he was just one of the reasons where it was just, it was on his way to his big long title reign, the two year one. And he was trying to find his mojo again. So, yeah, they could have <laughs> was done that it. Was that the time he was Balloon Maker? Sorry? Yes. Was that the time he was Balloon Maker? That was, yeah, that was. <laughs> that yeah, the the chair, the landing on the chairs with Evil was pre Balloon Maker. Then he got his back 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 together again. Then he went back to Balloon Maker for a bit, and then he got his, he got his head in gear, and he was back. And now he's rain clapping. Yes, yes, he, he likes show's theme tune. That's why. He's it a really dork. Surprised me if he was injured here, and he's trying his best to sort of act like he isn't, because he <laughs> doesn't want to give up whatever run he could be building to yeah I, but I'm, and again it could just be it's fine they're just toying wrestling is so confusing yes this is true you can never uh, trust what they say you can't trust what they do say <laughs> what they don't say <sighs> oh dear uh, in a positive note it has been this has been stated very clearly the Marty Skull is not working for New Japan Pro Wrestling, nor will he ever work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Thanks, uh, fuck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, though apparently it was, there, there was rumours that it was taped. If you listen, read Emily Pratt's uh, column on Fanbyte, which is very good, because Emily is very, very good. Um, she tracked down some information that essentially what happened was they got him in, they taped some stuff, kind of leaked it to see what the response would be, but then, actually, the wrestlers on the card were like, well, if you'd known he was coming, we want to come. So they've they've just said he's never working for us again because it's just easier that way. And, and who was he taping with? Was it Rocky? 
Yeah, yeah. that really character. disappoints me, honestly. Yeah, it does me as well because it's like you know, but essentially, New Japan Strong is Rocky's show. He's he's the producer, so yeah, he's not someone who's doing it against his will, is he? No, he's not. I. <sighs> I mean, pure and pure business point of view, he's a guy that's going to get people talking and there will be fans of Marty Skrull. There are plenty of people who don't think he did anything wrong. Yeah, he I said, saw one today. Yeah, he said sorry and we can move on now. Um, and it's like, well, no, he's still an utter danger. Um, to be fair, do we want to be... speak about the worst thing that happened this week? Um, it isn't New Japan related, but um, was... <sighs> We're still still on Brit Brush Shit Show. <laughs> it's it's everyone's favorite dick wrestler, Joey Ryan, trying to oh. worm his way back in with a fake charity show for some sort of a Christian women's charity show for a yes. Christian indoctrination <sighs> group, nonetheless. Because it's like every girl deserves to find her worth in Christ. It's like what? That's not a charity. That is a fucking scam. Yeah, and it was. The thing is, if this was supposed to be his big plan to worm his way back into wrestling, why did he have the tickets going to his all ticketing account? People knew he was there. He was on the poster. What the uh, hell happened with well, this? Well, people said that maybe he's he did this so he can showcase that uh, people are costing him money. Yeah. A, yeah, I think that's the probability. People kind of jumped on him very quickly. But then again... But yeah, but that doesn't help in a civil suit. He does. He did something wrong. A you know, lot of something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. This isn't like <clears throat> he's not in any legal trouble in a go to prison sense. He's he's in a civil suit sense. At which point he's like, well, what do you do then? You know, it's like you. It's not. But he's self employed. He's only costing himself money. And your actions as a self-employed person or an employed person will cost you money, especially in that kind of level of spotlight. So mm. I don't, I don't see how it helps him. To be honest, it was it just also me- the debacle with Synergy. <sighs> yes. Reed Bentley said something amazing about what keeps happening at the moment. Now, What's that? People who don't know, Reed Bentley is probably one of the best underrated wrestlers and deathmatch guys on the planet. And he he basically said, how can we just keep letting these people creep away without a single bit of, like, locker room justice? And, like, normally I wouldn't advocate for violence, but he's not on about, like, murdering people. He's, like, making sure that the wrestlers get their pound of flesh, then the person is blacklisted from the industry. Especially with the case of the Synergy guy, because he lied to an entire roster of people using a fake name hid his past, and he basically made everyone feel dirty for working with him, despite the fact they knew nothing of him, because he was a lying sack of shit. And this is all... Karen. It just, it rungs so true with me, because it's like, wrestlers would be so perfect as setting examples if they just kicked the shit out of the person before kicking them out the industry to make sure they definitely didn't want to come back. Well, I I'm not keen on that because of like that's the way things used to be. 
And I think which one of one of the reasons why we're stuck in the system that we've got now is because of the way things used to be. But I do agree with there has to be like it has to come from within. You can't like do anything else. And it's also another point, the synergy thing is another good point of your policies are only as good as the people who are enforcing them. And when the person who is supposed to be safeguarding everybody who works for that company is the person that's going to cause the problem, you can't do that. You know, this progress this week oh, just dropped another clang. The last 10 minutes of the Troopany show has been, and other stuff that's gone wrong this week in indie wrestling. Um, <laughs> I came back to the whole speaking out thing. Yes. I mean, I missed all of that. Well, we're still we're still working our way through that. This week, the Progress Wrestling Twitter account changed its bio to say, "Does not read responses." After, yeah, that's the problem. After I will, I will, I will just look it up. I've got my Mac open here. I'm going to look up just to make sure I get the wording right. After a week where they hired someone who was named in speaking out, replies not monitored. There you go. And after Robinson, a massive, right? yeah, and after a massive backlash on Twitter and on social media generally, not in the Progress Facebook group, obviously, um, they eventually caved and gave the details to the people that are employed. So now they're not answering anything on Twitter because all people asked them to do was be accountable. So now they're taking away an avenue of accountability. And people thought it was a bit wrong when I said. Why isn't their um, safeguarding policy on their website? Why is it buried on their blog on page 12? I mean, that's always been my issue with progress. The whole thing was don't be a dick. Yes. Yeah, but what is that? Because people who are dicks don't generally think that they're doing anything wrong. No. And it, back in the early days when I mentioned how I thought it was quite cool that they, that was the tax line, Ben Spindler Trajean and Scholar pointed out, yeah, but that means that you can control your audience by saying they're being dicks when they're being mean to you. And mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of it that way. And Ben was absolutely right. You should go listen to the Random Wrestling podcast, by the way. That's his new podcast with his, him and his mates from Bristol. If you want, like, um, southeastern UK accents that are twangy as anything, they're awesome. You should go listen to those guys because they're really good. They're doing Remember fast lane from 2017. You got too political, and now it is genuinely just we have these like dickheads in the industry who keep trying to come back, and you'll probably still get people complaining you're being too political. Probably. That's, it's like that's TJP it. is still being a tosser on Twitter yes. around masks and COVID, and people are still just trying to get him to delete his Twitter and get lost. Yeah, and, and TJP, who claims he's not political because he doesn't vote, despite the fact he retweets loads of men's rights stuff, loads uh, of GOP he, he stuff. He did that years ago. I remember yeah. that when I got on Twitter in 2012, yeah, yeah. there was something nah. about women shouldn't have rights on his Tumblr page. Oh, yeah, he used to, he used to post. I talked to him a bit when he first started with Impact and didn't reveal any of his political stuff, and I actually... They would impact were playing Manchester, and he said, I, "I'm I'm going to wear a Manchester United top over the top of my manic outfit." And I was like, "Well, if you want to get killed, yes, please feel free." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "They don't support Manchester United in Manchester." No, 
Good God, no. Wear a city shirt if you want to, like, survive. Um, but, yeah, uh, he, he... Then things started creeping in, and there was things like um, role-play videos of a woman berating a man in a public park. If this was a man berating a woman, you'd go over and help her, wouldn't you? Look how many people ignore this woman shouting at this man. And it's like, yeah, because men are awful, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, and he, he also had this bit where he told fans that he'd love to have them write fan fiction about him and female wrestlers at yes. WWE. Yeah, he's like, pretty awful. Ugh. Wrestling. Now, I mean, it's such a yeah. is, is Elgin gone? Is Elgin finally gone? Elgin yeah. is gone, dead and buried, and oh, we have you. measure yes, that it took a lot of doing. A lot of doing. You know, um the impact wrestling is is a is they have cleaned their act up. I mean they've still got Callahan, Rich Swan, and Moose, but and TJP. But TJP's never actually done anything what did awful. Callahan do. I thought this was just you don't like him. No, I don't like him. But there's there was rumors of all sorts of things Assault, in the back. I think. Yeah. So. But yeah, I I just genuinely don't like Callahan. As I mean, a wrestler, in, as in a New promo. Japan, Honma is there still. So. Yeah. To be fair, New Japan in itself just doesn't deal with stuff. No, it doesn't. Unless it's That's cheating. True. Yeah, because of course. <laughs> Taka's yeah. still gone, right? Yeah, Taka's wrestling for all Japan Pro Wrestling now, and he had to he had to close down K Dojo, but then opened up another company two weeks later with the same roster. Speaking of Honma, though, he had an excellent match with Suzuki, mainly because it was just Suzuki beating the shit out of him. Oh, there's yeah. this one picture where his entire face is contorted yeah. because Suzuki slapped him so hard. I yeah. that to my non-wrestling friends and they were just like, what the hell is going on here? Is that his lip? Is that his tongue? Why is he looking like an accordion? <laughs> That's my favourite <laughs> look on Hanma. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, we promise next week we will have positive news. And we're going to ignore all the bad things, unless it's really bad. Positive news. Positive, Positive news. Positive news. Go to one. Go to one. Boo. There you go. <laughs> he beat Positive Tai Chi. If he'd beaten anyone else, I'd be happy, but he beat Tai Chi. He won. There you go. Chaos victories are always happy. Our happy is good things on the True Funny Show, much to John's chagrin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, we will call that it for today. My name's James Trubini. This has been my show. But I would like to thank Mr. John Dinsdale, Steve Chair Magazine, for passing the time of day with us. What do you think, sir? Uh, it's It's been fun. It's always nice to spend some time on the Trubini show, talk to new people, talk about wrestling. To be fair, this is the only time I watch New Japan these days because I'm not buried under every other like promotion. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's New Japan shows. I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> there's, there's new japan shows literally every day this week so it's hard to catch up you should listen to today the uh, crap i forgot what you call your um today at the new japan cup there we go the today at show series so you can catch up just as quickly yes the little 10 minute show that goes over all the matches tells you the results tells you what i think and, uh, sorry go ahead 
That was the absolute worst plug I could have done because I forgot the name <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Did you talk about Suji going to Mexico on your today at the New Japan Cup? I did not go over. I just concentrated on the matches. Is he going? Well, I think so. He mentioned it on his Twitter and then Soberano from CMLL replied, mm-hmm. let's do an exchange. So that might be happening. And then I watched uh, New Japan Cup today and I don't speak Japanese, but I know the Japanese word for Mexico. And no. they mentioned that a lot during oh, okay. their match. So he I, might be going to Mexico. I did say that like, out of all the excursion places, Suji probably won't go is Mexico. I was clearly wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks dead like a luchador, really, doesn't he? That big, lumbering, 300-pound yeah, frame. Yeah, he's doing flips, though. Yeah, but he's, he's hardly El Santo, is he? He's like, I can do flips. I can go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, all right, then. <laughs> every Mex- like, Mexican luchador is a small person. There Not are all of them. Luchadors. Don't, oh, <laughs> L, L, L.A. Park? Don't crush his dreams, okay? <laughs> he, he just thinks to be a luchador. Let him be a luchador. <laughs> <laughs> also, thank you for joining me today. Christy, where can we find you on your social media? Um, my Twitter account is smarkinfested. Right now it's the only one I use, except for my private. Um... But I do have a lot of GIFs, 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 on GIFs, my yes. GIF account, NJPW GIFs, if you want to check them out. Yes, it's nice to have you back GIFing. I'm GIFing slowly, slowly but surely. Solariato had a lot of work when you retired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <Bless> <laughs> it's all right, I'm sure he's fine. He, he, he started gifting all sorts of things now. He was gifting um, Japanese 70s samurai dramas this week. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is a bit weird. <laughs> well, New Japan made it difficult because they had those new rules. Yeah. Where you can't gif anything that might give away the end result. You can't have more than five gifts a match. Which is really annoying if you want to get everyone's introduction in there. <laughs> so maybe that's why he stopped focusing on New Japan. It, yeah, he does do New Japan. He does a lot of old stuff nowadays. He's doing a lot of old world sports stuff and, and a lot of the old uh, Japanese stuff too. So he's spread his wings. He's made things wider with his appeal. Um, but yes, there you go. Um, well, thank you very much for listening to the Troopany show today. My name's James Troopany. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find us on the Troopany show on Facebook and Patreon, where you can keep the Troopany show free forever for everyone. There is a wrestling rewind with Dara and Bryn as they look at AEW going into Revolution this week. It's available on the Troopany show channel. As I said, there are three days of today at the New Japan Cup for you to listen to and catch up. We'll be back on Tuesday with more of that. Next week on the Troopany Show, we will be looking at AEW Revolution. Uh, it's been a long while since we looked at a full AEW show. I'm excited. Uh, and we will have Chelsea Spollen with us for that particular show because she was really excited about doing that particular show. Do you want to come, John, and have a chat about death matches? Because it's kind of your thing. 
I mean, when then when there is a main event exploding bad boy death match, I I might just have to creep along. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny put the rules out on Twitter this week, and they were like, uh, because he said, "Oh, just gonna be three sides of barbed wire." And someone said, "Ah, it's not gonna be good if it's only gonna be three sides." I said, "Ah, no, it worked out really well in the FMW days because that means they can throw you." Out onto the landmines, much easier. To which exactly. replied, "I have no words." So we've got that to look forward to, but not, not Christy. Cr- like different exploding parts of the floor as well. Yeah, exactly. they really thought about this, mm. but not Christy because Christy likes her master wrestling matches wholesome and non-violent. Well, I like my wrestlers alive. So, yes. Yeah. No death no zom- for me. No zombie wrestling for you. <laughs> well, Tenzan is still around. So. Yeah, true. That's the... I didn't have right. to watch that match. I was so thankful I didn't have to watch Tenzan hurt. She didn't miss much. I'm honest with you. Oh God, where's this? Get? What, this the main event? Currently, I put Gabriel Kidd's NSJ on last. No, it's a young lion. Yeah, that's that is the thing. It's like they went twenty minutes. Tenzan, on his best day, is not going 20 minutes right now. Bless his cotton socks. But They should have made Chaos versus uh, LIJ, the main event. <laughs> but there we are. Anyway, this is like the longest outro to a Trooper show we've ever had. We just yeah, let's have another discussion about something. <laughs> <laughs> Go have a listen to this advert from Vinny about his book about uh, Lance von Eric because it's really cool. And we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye.